When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. You're now listening to The Check-In with Black Menswear, and I'm your host, Neandre Broussard, CEO and founder of Black Menswear. It's unfortunate that black men have had to fight negative perceptions that not only make our personal journeys more difficult, but directly impact the wider African-American community. On The Check-In, we provide proof against these stereotypes by discussing engaging topics that uplift our community through interviews of inspiring individuals with stories of racks to riches, defeat to victory, and just downright interesting stuff you'll want to hear. Although Black Men's World was birthed out of a love for men's fashion and style, that love has blossomed into one of the internet's foremost communities for men to gain encouragement, inspiration, and of course, style and swag tips. We've literally gone viral over and over again for our flash mobs. Now, you ain't gotta be black to listen to this podcast, but you do have to keep an open mind and have a desire to be a part of something to change the narrative. Thanks for tapping in. This is The Check-In with Black Men's Wear. We're here on the check-in. My name is Neandre Broussard. I'm the founder of Black Men's Wear. I'm really excited to got my guy Justin Moore here, uh, Esquire, attorney at law. Yeah. Uh, Justin Moore, man. So, Justin, man, really, for those that don't know you, I gotta let you do your own official introduction for the for the for the folks out there. Ah, man. I mean, I suck at introducing myself, man. But um, you know, um, I'm from Dallas. I'm a civil rights attorney uh, slash activist. I uh, I represent victims of police brutality, but I also represent victims of uh, a broken criminal justice system. So. Uh, I try to use each case not only to get justice for individual clients, but I try to use it as a primer for um, a more collective justice uh, for an entire community. So uh, that's about it, man. I'm sure I'm sure I might be leaving some stuff out, but yeah, man, I'm just I'm just a I mean, that's, that's likes, a, I'm a guy that likes to t- tap in and try and help out where I can, man. Right, like that's you know uh, that's a small thing to say, bro. I, I I see the work you're doing. I've seen the work that you've always been doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, and not just the the thing that 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 catches me and that really attracted you know and drew me to you was not just um, the work that you're doing in the court system, but also the work that you're doing in the community. You know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. it, it's it's like it's like different levels to it. It's like okay, yeah, you have activists that spend their time and they might only be 
uh, in the, you know, with the people, but not in the system, right? To see how can I fix and turn the system? And then yeah. you got people that are only in the system, but they're not with the people. But you bridge that gap between them, uh, which is really why, you know, you yeah. and I clicked a while ago, years ago, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and just kind of been, been, been riding that ever since. So I got to ask you the opening question, right? And you kind of already hit to it. But, you know, Black Men's Words a Platform, that's all about changing the narrative. So I got to ask mm. you, Mr. Moore, um, what are you doing to change the narrative? Uh, I mean, what what is the current narrative, right? Um, you know, I think um, for me, and, you know, I, you know, it was a moment of introspe- introspection today. So the narrative that I think we have is that we're fighters, right? It's a very positive narrative, right? I, look at, I, like, I like to look at us in a very positive light. I know a lot of times it's it's easy to kind of buy into this negative mm-hmm. understanding of what blackness means, uh, mm-hmm. at least in a, in a white supremacist or neoliberal lens. But um, I think every day I wake up and I, I have positive affirmations about who I am as a black man and who who my people are. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's how I change the narrative is just you know checking in with myself and being being uh, providing myself grace and providing my people grace. Uh, yes, yeah. so it's like a it's like an everyday practice. How how and I just want to kind of put this out there, man. How often are you in the courtroom um, mm-hmm. and either the judge or another attorney uh, looks like you? Uh, well, I'm not in I'm not in courtrooms right now because right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, it really just depends, man. You know, and you know, in Dallas County or in Houston, Harris County in Houston, you know, you probably see a lot more of us, you know, um, but when you start going out to these rural counties where, you know, a lot of my cases take place because a lot of uh, injustice happens kind of in the in the rural parts of uh, this country, uh, I might be the only black person there, man. Uh, I remember yeah. one time I had a case, this was, this was in a, what's the name of this town? I forget the name of it, but it was a sundown town. It's still a sundown town. It's probably okay. not as, yeah. Probably not as not as dangerous as it was 50 years ago, but it's still a place where black folks don't really uh, find themselves after 5 p.m. Um, I was there uh, for a case. Uh, this is when my dad was still alive. He he actually went with me because he knew where I was going. He was like, "Ain't no way in hell I'm letting you go dolo." <laughs> right, he right. Said, I, I'm riding shotgun, literally. Right, <laughs> ride shotgun with the shotgun. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? So so we 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 went to. I wish I could recall the name of the town, man. Um, but because uh, I'm not doing a story any, any justice, but you know, I went to I went to that actual courthouse. Right outside of it was a Confederate statue. This was like two, three years ago, so it was mm-hmm. it's kind of shocking to see that. Um, and when I walked into the courtroom, literally everybody in the courtroom turned around. <laughs> it was like yeah, you know, I walked in, everybody turned yeah. around. Might have been 50 people in there, and they looked at me like, "Oh shit." Yeah, and I was like, right. <laughs> it, it kind of made me feel good. I was like, oh, "Yeah, you better turn around and, and right. acknowledge me." Right. Right. You know I mean, um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just you know, to your question, it just depends. It depends where you're practicing that. But, you know, in Dallas or, you know, if, uh, you know, if I'm down in Houston or if I'm in a courtroom in Chicago, you're probably going to see a lot of us. Got you. Got you. Or a good now, going 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 a little deeper into that. Right. Because I know, you know, uh, I know the background to it. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of, you know, a lot of people out there don't. I mean, mm-hmm. what what makes a guy like you? Um, go into one, go into the legal field, but then two, specifically going into civil rights and, yeah. and protecting the rights of people and, and, and helping yeah. people have a fair shot at justice. Yeah. Um, you know, 
I mean, there were some touchstones throughout my life or flashpoints rather that I could, I could really point to and say, Oh, this is how I ended up here. I mean, it was never in the cards for me to become an attorney. Um, you know, mm-hmm. but I would say at Morehouse, uh, and kind of just looking back on it, you kind of see, Oh, yeah, that, that moment really impacted me and really set me on a course to what, what I'm doing right now. I met a professor by the name of Ilya Davis. Um, and at the time when I met him, I was kind of, I was at Morehouse, but I wasn't going to class. I was on some just other stuff, man. I was, I was trying to partake in a lot of different um, things that were either illicit, so illegal stuff, or just not really uh, buying into the whole Morehouse mission like one should. And uh, he saw me walking on campus. He was like, hey, man, what, what are you doing? He said, you look like a drug dealer. Why are you on campus? Like, he, he legit told me that. He was half joking. Um, mm-hmm. because, you know, he, he, see, he had seen me around. He's like, man, you need to come take my class because uh, I think you might be blowing your opportunity here. And his class was, uh, it was Introduction to African-American Thought. Um, and that class changed my world, man. You know, mm-hmm. we really, you know, we really got into uh, Black intellectualism on a very deep level. And I think that's what really kind of sparked my interest in regards to um, thinking about um, what our existence here in this country truly means, right? And, you know, from start starts up into where we're at now. Um, so that was the case. I changed my major immediately from econ to, well, my major at that moment was doing nothing. Uh, so I changed my ma- major from doing nothing to doing something, which was uh, yeah. philosophy. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and, you know, I ended up, you know, pulling my grades out from the, from the dumps. I ended up graduating with honors. And, you know, between between undergrad and grad school, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. It was a young woman I was dating at the time. She actually encouraged me to, um, to apply to law school just kind of on the whim. And I did. So shout out to her, man. You, you know, her, um, um, yeah, you know, we, we can talk about that later. <laughs> shout out to her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, so then I ended up going to SMU. Um, I was intending on being a corporate lawyer, like our boy Warren C., uh, but I wasn't as smart as Warren C. So, you know, <laughs> um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, you know, once, once I graduated, uh, you know, law school, I was on the path of, uh, you know, working in uh, the sports and entertainment industry. I went to New York mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was living out there for a few months and, uh, you know, my brother had passed away abruptly. Um, you know, it was due to suicide. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, and the suicide was kind of precipitated by this, by this long meandering journey that he had with the criminal justice system here in Dallas. Like, he had been arrested a few times, uh, racially profiled. Uh, he was dealing with some mental health issues. Uh, he was... You know, beaten by the police one night, uh, he kicked his teeth out of his mouth in one moment, you know. So, you know, he had this long, tenuous, like, strident, like, engagement with the criminal justice system that really kind of destroyed him, uh, that ultimately led, ultimately led to his death. So as I'm, as I'm in New York, knowing that my brothers have any struggles, but I'm kind of trying to chart my own path uh, towards making money um, in the sports and entertainment industry, he, he dies abruptly in a in very tragic fashion. Um, and I immediately stop what I'm doing and come home to be with my parents. You know what I'm saying? Cause mm-hmm. you know, obviously family's important, especially when, you know, you, you experience a loss like that. So just through the grieving process, um, 
you know, I, I really had a tough time with his loss. Um, I, you know, I probably was depressed myself, you know, and um, it was a mentor of mine. He's a federal judge here in Dallas, Sam Lindsay. Uh, you know, he, he called me up one day. He was like, look, man, you, you got to you gotta get back on the horse. You can't just can't let your life just kind of just die away just because you're, you're depressed. You know, let's, let's get you back. Let's get you back in the game. So uh, his idea of getting me back in the game was uh, becoming a prosecutor, <laughs> which, which was, which was extremely short lived. I mean, you know, the first, the first day on the job, man, I got a case that was similar to my brother's. It was a man who was experiencing a mental health crisis. He was beaten severely and they, they charged him with resisting arrest with no underlying offense. Right. So, Mm-hmm. Like what were you arresting him for, right? So I, I mean, mm-hmm. I immediately wanted to to dismiss this dude's case, and I remember my boss called me to his office and just talked bad to me. He was like, "Man, you're being a, a pussy." Excuse my, um, excuse my French. He just he was just chewing me out, and I'm like, "Man, what?" Yeah, you wanted me to just prosecute this just because it's a case file on my just, desk, just because right. it's here. You know what I'm saying? For no rhyme or reason. So, I mean, from that point, I just had a terrible time at the DA's office. And ultimately, as you very well know, um, I had my own run-in with the police while I was a prosecutor. Uh, I was racially profiled one night. It was on 67, man. It was 67 in Keist. Officers pulled me over, and immediately when they pulled me over, they asked me if I had drugs in my car. And, and I just lit into them, man. <laughs> I, ate them dudes. I ate them dudes alive, man. <laughs> I ate them alive. I mean, at the time, I got, I got, I got, uh, it was really embarrassing, you know, it made like four or five media cycles that week. Like, you know, they, they forced me to resign. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah. And, you know, and at that point, uh, you know, I was, I was out of a job. My brother had passed away tragically a year before and I was kind of just in a state of, uh, a state of inertia, man. You know, you know, I was, I was depressed again. Um, and you know, for a year and a half, I kind of was just trying to figure out what was next. And then um, Lee married. I met Lee. I had already known Lee from Morehouse. Um, he was yeah. a bit he's a bit older than me, but you know we you know we kind of ran across each other, and we mm-hmm. ran across each other here because we're both attorneys. So he hollered at me. He was like, "Look, man, we need to we need to do some work together." And um, this was before Lee, you know, really became really prominent, but he was still working in the space. Um, you know, and you know, mm-hmm. in 2017, we got a you know we got a case together. It was a man who was shot in his back. right now Um, but I think all of those points really matter uh, in the grand scheme of things because I don't think people can just choose this work I mean I think a lot of folks say oh I want to be a civil rights attorney because Mm -hmm. it seems Mm -hmm. appealing it has a type of sex appeal to it but I mean the work is really grueling and a lot of times you're on the negative end of criticism Um, I've gotten death threats I mean Lee gets death threats too a lot and we kind of we kind of commiserate about those or laugh about them rather um, you know, and, you know, we're, we're a lot of times we're on the receiving end of, of negative, uh, you know, negative energy, man. I got a case right now, in which I am diametrically opposed to the elected district attorney here. You know, it's, uh, it's really dividing a community, you know what I'm saying? But, mm-hmm. but, you know, the prosecution of, uh, the person I'm representing is, is extremely immoral, you know? So it's, it's really, it's really taking, I guess it's not taking the chance, but it's taking the leap of faith with each case that you have based on your moral convictions. And, 
It's yeah. really damn, you know, yeah. it's, it's like damn anyone who doesn't agree, right? Because you're morally right. centered and you feel like other folks might be doing things for political expediency. So a lot of times, you know, you might be uh, you might be disliked for what you're doing. You know, so that's you know that's the part of it. So I think me having this long journey of you know, being knocked down numerous times consistently by life, and then kind of falling into this path, whether it was divine intervention or whatever it is. I think it allows me to kind of be on the front lines and kind of take those arrows and shots from folks and continue to keep on going. Would you, would you attribute, right? So kind of looking at this, 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 this journey, again, this journey that you're on now, Mm -hmm. um, would you say that every case, like, cause I know, I know a lot of attorneys that it's like, man, it's hard to separate Mm. courtroom from life you know what i'm saying yeah, like, yeah, like sure. you put on yeah. all this all this stuff and it's like if, if this doesn't go the way i want it then like damn i carry that with me every day like that's a that's a difficult thing you know yeah. being a trial attorney um yeah. with with your with your work um uh, with like the larry hoover project and that type of work and being you know uh, attorney mm-hmm. for such a prominent figure like that how do you balance and carry do that do they go hand in hand kind of the work that you do on that end and as, as yeah. it goes to, to 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 kind of high profile to normal citizens that need your help as well yeah i mean you know you know i have the high profile cases or the high profile names but you know the normal citizens that get shot by the police or find themselves in, in sticky situations i represent them too um but to your question of how do you i mean so what's work-life balance like i think that's what you're asking mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't have a solid work-life balance. You know, I, I live and breathe this, um, you know, and it's it's really become a part of my DNA, you know. I think this is a – I think the work-life balance thing is important, and I don't want to – I don't want to be negative about it or cast aspersions about folks who kind of preach that because I think it's important to have a healthy balance of life and work. But I think when you involve yourself in something that that speaks to your moral convictions, right, something that – that that is bigger and larger than who you are it's going to engulf you and it's going to take you on a ride you know yeah, and right, right. It, it might it might expend you and you it might exhaust every faculty that you have you know that's right. the that's the danger right um that's the danger of being on the front lines you know um, i wish there was a way that i could balance what i do with with uh with my personal life but i haven't found that yet um, it's not that I'm actively, it's not that I'm not looking for it. I'm actively looking for a way to, you know, be able to, you know, um, kind of live a normal lifestyle. But at the end of the day, this is the sacrifice that, that I'm making for myself and for my people, you know, and mm-hmm. if, if I don't, if I don't get the opportunity of, of having some of those, I guess, accoutrements of a, of a balanced life, then so be it, you know, um, yeah, you and all you and all these this. Morehouse words. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You went to SMU, bro. Like you, you got you went there for undergrad and grad school, didn't you? Or just undergrad? No, just undergrad. I only, I only got one degree, man. I I I, I got hey, sidetracked. I'll be yeah. talking to white folks in Dallas. They'd be like, "What Moorhead? Where's that?" Wow. Yeah. They wow. Don't know what yeah. That's, that's 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 crazy. And I'm like, the school that that Martin Luther King went to?" Oh, okay. Then it, then it turns. <laughs> right. Then it turns. Then it turns into Harvard. <laughs> right. Oh, right. You know right. I mean? Right. At first, they think it, it's a community college or something, man. Martin Luther King in a long.
Yo. Yo, we back. There we go. I don't know what's good. Technology yeah. ain't being friendly today. Okay. <laughs> so, it's not good, man. Um, no, but I, I mean, shoot, a, a school that, that, that Dr. King went to, plus a long list of others. You know what I'm saying? A long yeah. list of others. Um, but you know, and, that, you know yeah, but that, that goes to show that, you know. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. White folks be be posting about King or whatever. They shows they don't know much about him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. But right. you know they they they've tried to hijack his legacy and sell it for something that that doesn't stand for what he stood for. You know, I mean, I guess that speaks to the long legacy of white folks stealing black folks and selling them for cheap, right? Yeah, that's right, what they're doing right, to his right, legacy, man. Right, it, it just right. falls within that legacy of hijacking who we are and what we are, and and stripping us down to the bare essentials to suit their purposes. Man, it, it, it's it's funny you say that too, right? Because you know they. They echo the uh, the I have a dream speech over and over, and they they try you know they utilize that as a way to say, hey, look, see, mm-hmm. you know, see, this is what Dr. King wanted. He wanted everybody to be able to live in peace and all these kind of things. Yeah. Um, but like my my favorite speech from Dr. King is 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 uh, I've been to the mountaintop. You know, yeah. the, the very last speech where he was he was despair. He was, Oh yeah, no, he was in there. You know, what it saying? was despair. He was, he was it was slicing. like, man, y'all, it was like y'all messed up, man. He was slicing and dicing. You know what I'm yeah, saying? <laughs> it was like y'all not right. He came out, right. he came out, Facts. guns blazing, Facts. man. You know, Facts. but yeah, I mean, that's the king they don't want us to to remember, man. It, it's almost kind of just like it makes celebrating the holiday just feel kind of cheap. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I don't even feel right celebrating the holiday. It just feels mm-hmm. kind of it feels kind of dirty, man. Like they're selling this man's name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you see all these commercials with him on it, and you know, you see you know, you see these newscasts honoring Dr. King, and it's like, but they're not getting to the nitty gritty of what he stood for and what he was fighting right. for. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, I was watching the news today and they were like, yeah, you know, we're highlighting Dr. King and some, you know, social service uh, initiatives in the city, like, you know, giving out food and stuff, which is great. But he was more for systemic change, not I'm right. going to hand you out a fresh meal today and right. forget about right. you tomorrow. Right. You know, so, yep. you know, it's kind of, it's, you know, it's really kind of just a love hate. It's a love hate that I have with this, with this holiday, man. We really don't deserve to have this as a holiday, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. We don't deserve to have time off for this day. You know, you got folks who stormed the right. Capitol last week that are off today. Right. They don't deserve That's to true. be off today. True. Because, you know, they don't give a damn about King or his legacy. Right. Yeah. You know, right. So I mean that that's that's really kind of just how you know how I feel. I mean, especially since last year with the George Floyd protest and 
and how they were so divisive, not not because of the protesters, but how they were approached by folks who didn't want them protesting. Right. They right. were turning they were they were trying to turn them into enemies of the state, right? They were trying to right. they were trying to they were they were encouraging the the police and the National Guard to come in and exterminate these protesters that were protesting for for um, the end of state sanctioned murder and violence, man. You know, and and now today we just forget all of, all about it and say, you know, MLK wanted us all to be peaceful and happy together. I mean he was fighting for that. Right. But right. he had to acknowledge the fight. And we'll right. get to that. You know what I'm saying? Right, but I mean, not to go out the, on, go out on a tangent, man. No, nah, it's really, I mean, it's really I, sickening, man. And I think, I think, and I think the 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 peace that he was fighting for honestly wasn't peace in the moment. It was let us get to a point where we got what we mm-hmm. needed. Now we can be at peace. Now we can live at peace. Not necessarily saying that you know, and and again, they, they and I think I think a lot of that comes down too because they always try to pivot. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, well, you got Dr. King, and then you got Malcolm X, and like those, since those are two kind of most iconic individuals within that, they try to put them against each other, not necessarily seeing how they were using different methods to get people along for the same goal, right? The same end result, um, and so they divided. Yeah, right, 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 right. When people talk about King, but they always they always say that oh. And it's kind of causing a lot of issues that we don't need to have. But they don't realize King talked about a negative piece and a positive piece, right? What these folks are talking about, mm-hmm. they want us to accept a negative piece. And a negative piece is not speaking out or not talking about your plight and kind of just accepting it, right? That's a negative piece. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not gonna acknowledge the injustice that I deal with on a daily, but I'm gonna allow you to reap the reap the benefits of my poverty or my or my plight or or et cetera, et cetera. King said that when someone is pushing for you to not speak out against your negative peace, they're actively being violent against you. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. form of violence to say, I want you to be in poverty and not complain about it. Mm-hmm. Right. We know that we know that right. poverty can kill you. I mean look at look at look at Flint, Michigan. Those right. folks that, that that don't have clean water. Let me ask you this. Um, with where you are today, right? And again, you kind of hit on, you know, where you were at in college and things. Um, what would you say? What would you say to twenty-year-old Justin uh, right now? What would be what would be your words to him? What kind of advice would you give him? Holy shit! Um, that's what I would say. <laughs> Holy shit, man! You don't know what you don't know what you have in store, man. Uh, probably. I mean, I've always been pretty conscious, man. I didn't know, I didn't know where that mm-hmm. conscientiousness was leading me. I mean, at 20, man, I was managing a rap group, man. Remember the song Frankie? Yeah, right, right, right. I, I, I right, made that yeah. beat, bro. Like, you know, okay. so <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It, it hit the Billboard charts. I, I mean, I see you got some folks from Brazil and Germany and Philly. They probably don't know about Frankie, but you know, that was a, it was like a hood hey, classic. Leave <laughs> yeah. Hey, leave it was a hood right. classic yeah. down here, man. <laughs> You know, um, but I would tell, I would tell him, hey, man, just, you know, keep on doing you and just avoid going to jail, man. You know, right. Real talk. I mean, I know this sounds kind of funny, but I think, um, I think we all, I think we all ended up where we're at, whether it's by happenstance or divine intervention, but, you know, I wouldn't change my path one bit. I would just encourage, Mm -hmm. I would just encourage myself, you know, and say Mm -hmm. that. You don't have all the answers, but you're not supposed to. But 
you're on the right path, man. Just yeah, just stay true to who you are, and you know, continue being solid. I would, I guess, I would say, just make sure you continue being a good person. Yeah, and everything else. Yeah, will, yeah. I mean, I know that's not, a, I know that's not profound, but I mean, you know, I told you how I ended up where I'm at. I mean, right, I, ne- right. I never decided to be this. Right. So there's no right. way I can chart this path. I mean, when I when I speak to 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 law students or or, or college students or high school students, and they ask me, oh, how can I how can I do what you're doing? I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> stay, you stay solid, stay your path. Yeah, right. Yeah, you can right. try, but you know, it's you know, life life is a funny thing, man. And you know, if you ride the wave, I think you can be able to get into a position where you feel comfortable and happy about the life that you've lived. Mm-hmm. If you stay true to yourself and, and and you live your life with integrity, um, but you know, I mean, I don't think there's anything you can tell a kid to to get them to mimic your life, right? Or right. the blueprint that right. you laid out for yourself, or something to that effect. So yeah, I think you know the best thing that you can tell kids, and this is what I tell young black boys specifically, is look, man. I mean, you know, you don't have to be you don't have to be what you think you should be at this moment. You just got to keep mm-hmm. on building your character. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to, you're going to face obstacles throughout life, but don't let those obstacles derail you from going forward, wherever that right. path may lead you. Right. Right. Also don't let right. those obstacles dictate what you're going to do next. If you have, if you have mm-hmm. something set in your mind in which you want to do something, don't let, a hurdle that is extremely high prevents you from getting over it. It might take you longer to do it, but you right. got to stick with it. And if it's something that if you, and if, if the hurdle ends up being just an absolute closed door that you can't open, then you can find something else that's meaningful, but you know, don't, don't get discouraged by, you know, life and, you know, the peaks and valleys or the valleys rather, because you're going to mm-hmm. meet those. I think right. a lot of young I think a lot of young brothers, you know, we talk about mental health in our in our community. A lot of young brothers find themselves in valleys and they can't get out of them because society tells us that society already tells us that we're not worth much. And mm-hmm. one little negative situation in which, you know, it kind of makes you question if society society tells us if that's true, it's easy to kind of get stuck by that because uh, I mean, you know, this society, which is undergirded by white supremacy, it's unforgiving to black men, right? Mm-hmm. Can't make mistakes. You make a mistake, you're right. done. Right. You're finished, right. right? Right. You know, you don't you don't get you don't we don't get the grace of of uh making mistakes and bouncing back and you know, our comeback stories are true comeback stories if you have to have one. Right. It's not, oh, you know, uh, you know, I had a had a I had a situation in school and you know, I might have might have dropped out, dropped, dropped like all of my classes one semester. If a black boy does that, especially at a school like SMU, I mean, Morehouse is a bit more forgiving, but at SMU, you're out of there. It's a wrap. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was watching, I was watching Snowfall. I just caught up on, have you been watching Snowfall? I haven't. I have It's on my list though, but I haven't. Oh, you got to watch Snowfall. To let- Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cutoff. Ba da ba ba ba. Last episode was just so trill, man. I mean, the main character. So I'm not gonna go too deep into the show, but the main character is a drug dealer, but he's smart, mm-hmm. um, extremely smart. Um, and the last episode of the last season, he got shot by one of the other characters, 
And as he was, I guess, nursing himself back, he had like a he had like a dream that was a flashback. And the flashback was to when he was in college and he had to drop out due to financial reasons. And when he dropped mm-hmm. out, he started selling drugs. Mm-hmm. You know. And it just, I mean, I've seen this happen a lot of times with brothers that I went to Morehouse with, brothers who, yeah, you know, right, yeah, were considering yeah. going to college and went to junior college first and couldn't get out of that right. situation. So, right. yeah, I would just say, yeah, man, don't let society tell you that you can't make mistakes. I mean, if you do make a mistake, it is going to be harder than, you know, your white counterparts to uh, get back on track. But, you know, you just got to have grit and determination, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> with and with that good determination, right? So you talked about the peaks and the valleys, as you say. You know, focus on they're gonna come, they're gonna mm-hmm. come, they're, they're gonna, gonna happen. Come. But you know, the testament of the testament of the man is to be able to make it through those. Right? Oh yeah. Um, when you look back, do you have any of those bumps that might have been your favorite? Like, do you have like a, a favorite failure where it's like, you know what? Once I turn the corner on that one, I was yeah. like, all right, this is about to, you know, uh, I'm gonna be all right. Uh. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I think when I got racially profiled and that that was at least locally that you know it was pretty high it was a pretty high profile um, mm-hmm. uh, controversy, and I was able to get out of that. I mean, yeah, I mean at that point I felt like I could I could experience anything and get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I was. So I wouldn't say it was. It's a favorite of mine because I wish I didn't go through it. I, mean, <laughs> <You're> I experienced, <laughs> right, I experienced right. a lot of a lot of deep dark emotions from that experience, man. Um, and a lot of people, you know, they told me, you know, it's like, wow, you know, you're. So this is what this is what my grandmother died the year before my brother passed away. Uh, my brother passed away tragically, and then the next year I had that situation. So that's three like traumatic mm-hmm. events. Yeah, yeah. Um, two deaths yeah. and one, and I guess the you know the issue uh, the racially profiling thing that was more so like an assault to um, my my professional um, um, right, right. Yeah, my yeah right. my professional path that I had charted for myself. I mean, I remember watching one newscast, and what's funny is I I work with this journalist sometimes. Um, she literally went through my resume. She was like, oh yeah, Morehouse, Oxford, SMU, X, Y, and Z. And she says, such a promising life thrown away in a night. And I'm sitting there as a 26, 27-year-old that just wow. started practicing. I'm thinking like, damn, I don't know what right. I'm going to do with my life now. Did I go to law school and throw that away? Yeah. Like, I'm saddled with debt. Like, no one's going to hire me. You know, so right. I was really, in a, yeah, I was really yeah, yeah. in a tough position. So I would say that probably was the toughest hurdle. Um that probably was the toughest hurdle for me just because I was younger then and I didn't really mm-hmm. understand how you can, how you can apply grit and determination and really kind of manifest um, your dreams from that standpoint. But, you know, since I experienced that, I think um, I have this reservoir of just like of toughness, you know, this reservoir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right.
and I, you know, and and not to, you know, not to. Not honestly, not to shine light on that moment, but you know, for you to be able to go through that, and then now be in the situation that you're able to help people that go through similar mm-hmm. circumstances, right? And not to, to a point where it's like, man, you don't know what I'm going through. Yes, I do. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I do. Like, I, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I, I do. Like, I'm the best to represent you because I, I know the emotions that went through. I know the feeling mm-hmm. of, of being in the cups and being in the back of the car and like having to go through all of that stuff. Like, I know, you know, I, I know that oh, yeah. of, like having that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, it's like when people see me, I'm, I'm, I'm suited. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, you know, I like to, I like to have a nice appearance and, you know, I, I try to carry myself in a fashion that, that, that exudes um, professionalism and class. Mm-hmm. And, and not to say that folks that experience certain things don't have that. Um, but a lot of times people look at that and they get kind of, they get kind of wary, not, they get kind of wary of, uh, of a person that's so put together, well put together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of clients, they feel immediately that, oh, you know, this person with the SMU in Oxford, he's not going to understand really what was going on here. He just, he might be a good attorney, but there's not going to be a, an emotional connection. Yeah. You know? Right. And then when, and then when they Google me, it's just like, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, damn, you know. Damn, dude! Like you really, you really, you really experienced this, man. And you know, yeah, and it, and it, right, and it, and it, right, and it, get, right. it provides, it provides an extra layer of trust. Because I understand yeah. those deep emotions when you're kind of just ensnarled uh, by the criminal justice system. Because I've been there. You know what I'm saying? I've been in jail. I've been, yeah. I've been, yeah. I've been at home thinking like, I don't know how this is going to turn out for me. You know, is this going to, yeah. is this going to kill my career? You know, is this going to, is this going to hamper my, my. Um, my potential going forward, you know, so I'm able to have, you know, I can't have certain conversations because some of the cases that I have are dealing with more severe uh, circumstances, but nevertheless, right, um, right. I think, I think I'm still able to connect with a lot of folks just due to the fact that I've experienced kind of some of the darker corners of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think it helps me in my practice uh, tremendously. Mm, very true. Very true. Now that last question, I'm going to get to you, my brother. And you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's my, it's the final question. We ask everybody the same last question. Uh, and it's true. It's from the heart, right? It, it got to come from the heart. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you could have, if you could have a billboard anywhere. A billboard. Um, with anything on it, what would it say? Basically, what is Justin Moore's message to the world? Oh, what's my message to the world? Uh, it comes from my client and mentor and friend, Larry Hoover, man. Uh, keep on swinging. Keep uh, on swinging. Yeah. Keep on swinging, man. You know, I think, um, his story is, is a lot of folks might know it. A lot of folks may not, but you know, he came from poverty, Jim Crow South, his parents or his mom migrated to Chicago in great migration. Um, you know, they dealt with, you know, segregation and schooling. So poor schooling. Um, you know, poor, uh, um, poor job opportunities, you know, facing the type of abject poverty that would force someone to enter into the drug game. Um, and, you know, when he entered into it, he was very successful at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he realized that dealing drugs in the south side of Chicago was destroying the community as well. And he needed to reconcile that. Um, so he ended up turning his gang 
his organization into a political organization where you know he organized poor black folks on the south side of Chicago to uh, turn into a, a very influential uh, voting uh, machine in that city. Mm-hmm. And they were really making strides there, right? They were getting they're getting formerly incarcerated folks elected. Um, they were really putting the power structure in a very um, peculiar position because they didn't really understand how to interact with uh, this type of constituency because right. know, a lot of times, you know we you know we don't go to those parts of the community where folks might be dealing with whatever. Um, right. So yeah, he was able to really kind of turn the turn the tide in the south side. and then once his uh, once his political influence really like flexed its muscle, um, the federal government, you know, they threw him in, they threw him in isolation. He's been in isolation for the past 25 years. Um, right. And, and upon, and upon going into isolation, you know, when all of his supporters were in despair and everybody was just kind of wondering like, what's going to happen to the South side of Chicago now, you know, he told them to keep on swinging, you know, um, and I think that I think that I think that statement, that moniker, or whatever you want to call it, I think it embodies it embodies the spirit of Black folks in this country. You know, we came here, you know, kidnapped, hijacked, whatever you want to call it. We didn't come here because we wanted to. It wasn't a voluntary type of uh, um, voluntary type of trek across the uh, the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> Um, you know, we get, we get murdered, I mean, mass genocide. If If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Infanticide, whatever you want to, whatever you want to think about in regards to inhumane conditions that can be state sanctioned, we've experienced that. But we've endured. We've kept on swinging, and we were getting yeah. we're getting powerful, right? We're getting even yeah. more powerful. Um, it's not it's not happenstance that you know we got Joe Biden elected um, to be president, mm-hmm. whether it was in the primary right. in South Carolina right. or whether it was Georgia and Philly and um, you know some of the right. other states in right. which you right. know the black the black voting block propelled him to getting this victory. We are probably some right. of the most influential voters in this country right now. Absolutely. Um, but this was a long process from slavery up until now. But we've kept on swinging, even when you know white supremacists and you know and and market forces told us that we would amount to nothing if we fought for our freedom, or we would amount to nothing if we fought for an equal education, right? You know, we kept on swinging and kept on asking for these things. And now we've gotten to the point to where if we keep on swinging some more, we're going to land a knockout below. Um, So that's what my billboard would say. Just keep on swinging because I think eventually we're going to end up knocking some shit out. Yeah, facts. And that's uh, swinging with the punches, swinging for the fences, every which way, however you want. Every which way, man. (laughs) However you want to apply that, man. Yeah, for sure. Either we're gonna knock somebody out or we're gonna hit a home run. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but for sure, for sure. No matter what, we gotta we gotta keep the energy up, man, and keep on doing what we've been doing, man. Yeah. You know, and we gotta love yeah. ourselves. So it will either be keep swinging and love yourself. But the thing about keep yeah. the, the thing about to continue swinging is you gotta have the confidence that you're gonna fucking land a punch or you know hit right. a home run. Right. So you gotta right. you gotta get into the battle knowing that you are equipped for the fight. Yeah. 
So that's why yeah, I think keeping on, you know, sure. telling folk, telling our folks to keep on swinging just embodies everything that we need to know about ourselves, the ethos, the pathos. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I think that's what I would have on my billboard, man. No, that's that, that, that's that's beautiful. I like I like that. Keep on swinging, because yeah. once you stop, that's when you lose the fight. Like once oh, you yeah. give up, you stop swinging. It's like all right, well, yeah. shit, I got you now. <laughs> yeah, I got you now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, man, exactly, man. Man, well, shoot, my brother, I appreciate you and and taking your time here today again on this on this special Martin Luther King Monday uh, here in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, man, I, I'm really glad that our people came together to really turn the tide of a whole freaking election. Uh, yeah. And it showed us that we do have a lot of control. Uh, we just yeah. got to come together and utilize it. Uh, so I definitely. And we got to stop settling. And we got to stop settling for stop. less. True. <clears throat> and, and we got to hold accountable. Now that people is in the position that we put them in. Yeah, we gotta hold them accountable because in two years you could be replaced by somebody else. <laughs> like straight, and we back, will yeah. we will replace your ass. Yeah, fact. Straight <laughs> up, fact, <laughs> straight fact. up. <laughs> well, hey, bro, um, how can how can the people you know keep up with you? You know, from social media or the website. Where where can they find you? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna type in. Can you pin my uh yep, my IG sure handle? Will. Sure will. All right, well. I'm typing it in right now. Y'all can follow me at Justin A. Moore. Are you going to type it or? All right, here we go. You can follow me there. And you can also check out my website, morejust.com, to stay up to speed on the cases that I'm working on. We got some good stuff. Not good stuff because my cases pretty much, uh, they correspond with a lot of bad shit that's going on uh, in the criminal justice system. But if you guys want to stay on top of just uh, current current affairs and, you know, issues uh, that folks are dealing with on the front lines, you can follow More Just or go to More Just and we update the website uh, periodically. So, yeah. I appreciate you, my guy. I see, uh, I see I got Chandler there in the comments. No, you can't have my hat, but I do need to come see you. Uh, and shout yeah, out, we shout both, yeah, we both got to go see Chandler, man. Right. We got we got to get our we got to get our strokes on, man. We got to we got to get our golf game going, man. Man, man, I, I, and, and you know we coming in the springtime, so definitely definitely need to get with them now before uh, before the greens open up. So exactly, yeah, for sure. For sure. Exactly. Hey, shout out to the uh, shout out to the set on the hat, man. You know, for those that don't know, man, shout out shout out to the set on the hat. Uh, and, 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 and everything with the with the with the power behind the blue and the arch. Uh, oh yeah, no, man. But definitely, man. Uh, appreciate you stopping through with us today. Again, you guys, you're here on the check in. This will be live on our podcast this week on Thursday. We will drop this episode on the podcast. So if you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, go look for the check in with Black Men's Wear. You will get to replay this episode. With our guy Justin Moore dropping nuggets, love yourself, uh, 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 stay the course, keep swinging, all of that round wound into one man. So again, we appreciate you, my brother, for dropping by with us. Love, appreciate love, everybody love. for tuning in with us. Definitely make sure you come back next week. Next Monday we're gonna have comedian Delay is gonna drop through uh, and, and talk some serious funny with us. Uh, we get some success from his end too, man. So appreciate y'all stopping in, and my brother, I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the check-in with Black Menswear. 
Once again, I'm your host, Neandre Broussard, founder and CEO. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and tell a friend about it. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Black Menswear. Check us out and subscribe to the Black Menswear YouTube channel. And visit us online at weareblackmenswear.com to join the mailing list for ongoing updates for the Black Menswear Flash Mob Tour. Peace and blessings to you all. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.